We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Field of 68. Field of 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey, Jeff, shut up. Hell no. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a second. <laughs> this is Alabama coach Nate Oates. When we're not playing, I watch Field of 68's After Dark Show. This is coach Bruce Pearl. I love the Field of 68 After Dark Show. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark. This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark. Now listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready. This is Field of 68 After Dark. Welcome back to the Field of 68 Afternoon or not after dark. It is daylight outside. It's one o'clock. We are here at McIntyre's 901 Commerce Street in Houston, Texas. We're presented by our partners at Bet Rivers. We're presented by Underdog Fantasy, Randolph Childress, Terrence Oglesby. My name is Rob Doster, and we have a special guest today right now, Rodney Terry, the new head coach of the Texas Longhorns. Has it set in yet? Has it hit you yet? The new head coach at the University of Texas. Slowly but surely it is, Rob, you know, uh, especially with, uh, you know, trying to put a roster together, obviously put our staff back together, and, uh, you know, we're off and running right now. I'm gonna let, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of the way. I'm going to let R.C. over here take his victory lap because I know he's been waiting, man. R.C., you don't even know. He's been waiting. I've been screaming to the top of my lungs that this should have been done. Let me be the – everyone here knows. Anyone watching, they all know. First of all, congratulations. Thanks, Randall. But I almost said, man, I need, I need 1%. I'm going to settle for some tickets to some games. So I'm going to call you. <laughs> anytime, anytime, anytime. That's all I need. That's all I need here. I'm good now. <laughs> but congratulations. Well deserved. I mean, I, 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 I don't even know what to say, but I know a lot of us were just advocating that this should have happened. Glad it did, regardless of when it finally did. But credit to you and your guys. Randolph, thank you so much, man. So blessed. You know, you and I have great history. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of my you know, mentors and family to me. I know it's really close to you and Jerry yeah. Wainwright. And yeah. uh, a lot of respect for you, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Coach, a- after what transpired earlier uh, this basketball season, uh, it's obvious your players love you. Your ability to grab them and bring them all together, right, for the duration of the season and for a deep tournament run, what, what was the key to what you were doing there with all of your players and, and really your staff, too, as much as there was up in the air? I think the biggest thing, I just, I just tried to stay to, to be myself. You know, I think if you try to come in and you try to be Coach Beard, you try to be something that you're not, you know, guys are not going to buy into that. They're going to buy into sure. who you are and, 
and obviously trying to stay the course of what we set out to do at the very beginning of the season, and, uh, you know, we were able to do that. Marcus Carr, to me, was the guy that kind of uh, changed what you guys were this season, right? He came into the program with a little bit of a reputation for being uh, like an inefficient score when he was at Minnesota. A lot of that had to do with what he was asked to do in that, in that role. His first year at Texas, he's not quite the guy that we all thought he was going to be when he committed. This year, I mean, he's All-American, averages 17-4. and four. You guys are a two-seed. You make the Elite Eight. What, how did he make that leap? What, what, how did you get the best out of him? Well, Marcus Carr is one of those guys that's a no-excuse guy. You know, uh, a year ago he came in and, you know, he had a ton of responsibility in terms of handling basketball, initiating offense, and scoring. You know, this year we had Tyrese Hunter to the roster. You know, Timmy Allen obviously can be a guy that facilitates as well, but he had another ball handler, you know, and now we can free him up and let him go do what he does best, and that's score the basketball and uh, play out there with the free mind and a lot like he did toward the latter part of the season for us last year. Uh, you know, we're still going to hold him accountable to guarding really hard on the defensive end of the floor, but I think we just let him loose a little bit. You know, he still had some, some ball handling responsibilities, decision-making responsibilities, but not as much. He had to, you know, really shoulder the burden of that his first year and really didn't have any other ball handlers outside of him and score and defend. So, you know, this year was a really good breakout for him in terms of just go do what you do best, man. And I thought he did it at a very high level. So you mentioned you got to rebuild a roster, right? Do you have enough time to sit here and spend like a full segment with us? Do you, need, do you want to take out your phone and refresh the portal <laughs> while you're waiting? Or? Well, that's 24-7, Rod, this day and time, you know. But I think more importantly, too, though, it's, it's about the right fits. There are, there are a lot of kids in the portal, and I think you have to do your due diligence in who fits what you do, you're trying to do from a culture standpoint, from a style of play standpoint. But, uh, you know, I've got a great staff around me. We'll do a great job picking the right, right pieces that fit for us as a team. Rodney, I... One of the reasons I advocated, I thought you did a tremendous job. I can tell by the reaction of the players that you were the guy. If anyone ever questioned it, you can tell after you guys won the Big 12 championship in just the way they seem to celebrate you. I mean, taking over under those circumstances, how difficult was it from that point to the Big 12 championship? Take us through that journey and what was that like? Well, Randolph, you know, when I took the job, I took the job, you know, um, under the uh, – on the pretense that I was going to be a co-head coach. And uh, and so, you know, I was already in front of the guys coaching the defense and in charge of the defense. Chris did the, did the offense. And so the guys were, were used to hearing my voice and hold them accountable. Uh, but now it's going to be for the whole totality of everything you're doing, offense and defense. But, uh, um, you know, I think the thing I said to our guys was just try to control what you can control. Every day, let's try to come in. Let's have a great attitude, great approach. And uh, let's work this thing. Let's continue to, to try to get better every day at the things we want to get better at. And uh, let's be completely bought in. I'm bought in. And a lot of times guys buy in the buy-in when, when you're fully vested with them, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I think there were times that I jumped in a couple of drills and did things with guys. And it just it makes them feel like, hey, man, we're all in this together, man. Let's go get this done. It's us against everybody else. No one else thinks we can do this. We know we're very capable of doing it. We have the team to do it. And, uh you know, it was really no looking back once we were all bought into to what we were trying to get done. I thought we had a team that could, could win the whole thing. That's the only – I agree. And I, just the only thing I'm upset with you about because you messed my bracket up. I was expecting y'all to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, we, we fully thought we you should right be there. here, you know. And, you guys are right You know, you got you to be to finish it, you know. And, again, you know, we had a next man mentality the whole time. And, you know, not having to sue in that last ball game was big for us, yeah. you know what I mean. He was playing extremely well for us, but – you know, our guys play well throughout a better part of the season. Mm -hmm. RT, I, I said this to Rob and, and Randolph earlier this year. I, I just feel like you fit Texas. 
Like, you're always dressed sharp. You got the glasses. The suits are immaculate. Uh, all of that being said, you work with Chris for a while. You get inherit his roster. How do you move forward and put your own personal brand on, the, on a Texas brand, quite frankly, that has had success, but it's a new time. It's RT's time. What are we going to see that's some of the similarities with Chris Beard? What are some of the things that we're going to see different with Rodney Terry? You know, Chris is a great coach, and again, someone I respected for over 20 years in the business. But, but again, Chris didn't put this roster together by himself. We oh, put absolutely this, not. We put absolutely. this roster. Tell together. him again, RT. Tell him again. Hey, hey, I recruit three starters. Tell him again now. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm not one to pat myself on the back, but you know, heck, we. We got in the trenches together. There you go. You ain't got to do that. Don't disrespect you either now. Don't damn disrespect you either now. They ain't do that by himself. We put this roster together, man. I recruited three starters on this roster here, so let's don't get it twisted. But no, you know what? You know, it's a team effort. It's always a team effort, you know, in terms of putting a roster together. I've been at Texas basketball, you know, when we've had the highest of highs. I mean, you could go back to the best five seasons in Texas basketball, and I've been a part of them. Uh, the entire time. So I know the landscape. I know what it takes to be successful at this university. And, uh, you know, we're going to roll our sleeves up and, and get after it. You know, we're going to try to get the best guys, you know, not only in the, in the state of Texas, but also around the country and, you know, internationally to come in and, and represent the university the right way, both on and off the court. But uh, it'll be a group, you know, it'll be a team effort in terms of putting a really good roster sure. together. But, you know, we're here for no other reason to try to win a national championship. Do you? Do you like the timing of the portal? Like the, the thing that, that makes me so frustrated with the way that this works is like the day after Selection Sunday, when everything in the sport is supposed to be the celebration of we finally got the bracket and it's the best sporting event that we're going to get. And you got to start, instead of just worrying about who you're playing, like how are we going to deal with uh, with Colgate? How are we going to deal with Penn State in the second round? You got to sit there and you got to start hitting kids in the portal. Like. Do we need to change that time frame of that schedule? No, Rob. I do think there's a there's a uh, there's room for change with that. I mean, you, you're penalizing teams that's had great season, and and obviously when you you have selection Sunday and you start preparing for postseason play, your total focus is not on the portal. Your your focus is trying to some, trying to you know advance and finish, you know, and, and, and continue to move in, in the uh, in the postseason play. So you're not really as good. Concern day to day. I mean, were, you, got were, you guys, guys, were you guys recruiting players? I mean, you get, we got guys on our staff. You have to have a database in terms of being able to keep track of what's going on. You can't right. completely just say, "Hey, we're doing just straight basketball." You have to, you know, have a have a light blood to what you're doing in terms of recruiting. But we're trying to prepare for opponents at a very high level that's all had really good seasons. Your focus better be on on your on your business at hand. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna have a quick exit. But uh, uh, no, I, I think there's room for that to change and. Uh, uh, possibly move back a week or two, you know, and, and then you have plenty of time to go in and address your needs in terms of guys you can you can go in and recruit in the portal. Last one? Go ahead. I got one more. If we got a basketball coach's GQ magazine, who's on the cover, you or Jay Wright? Oh, Jay Wright's the best. That's not even close. He's so, the so best he, ever. But you get like a little thing in the corner? I'm way down at the bottom. Jay, Jay <laughs> Wright by far is immaculate. I mean, that guy not only was a great dresser, but was an incredible coach and sure, a great person. Yeah, of course. All right, last one for you. We had Bob Huggins on, I don't even know, what, Thursday night? Something. They're running together now. Too, yeah, too many shows. We had him on at some point this week. And what he said, we asked him about the new teams coming into the, the, the Big 12. He goes, I feel sorry for those guys. They have no idea what they're getting into with this conference. You coached in the Big 12 all year. What are they getting into with this league? Well, you do have some other great coaches coming into the league. Kevin Sampson, what he's been able to do. Hey, hey, it was already the best league in the country. Now let's just bring Kevin Sampson. We're bringing Houston in. You know what they bring to the table in terms of their culture and 
the level that they've won has been very high and a lot of respect for Coach Sampson and, and all the other coaches coming to the league as well. But, you know, this year, I mean, I've been a part of the Big 12 for 13 years, and this is probably the, the, the most competitive from top to bottom, hands down, uh, in the Big 12. There were no nights off. You got incredible coaches in the league. You got great talent. Uh, so, you know, Big 12, man, it's a monster. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, Rodney, congratulations again on uh, on a great season. Congratulations on getting the job. I want to say congratulations to RC for getting you the job. <laughs> I, 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 he probably had no impact. He's, he's, he's going to take the money. I just want the tickets. I got the tickets. You're good. Yeah. You're good on the tickets. And look, it's, when you go to those games, it's fun. It's oh, all. Actually gonna, it I'm actually going to come down in the fall, but when practice and stuff starts, when you get going. Hey, Randolph, you're welcome. Randolph, you're welcome anytime, buddy. Hey, RC, they got like a the back. Instead of just having like a wall of seats, they got a bar up there for all the hey, students. Hey, that's, that's all I need. Yeah, we <laughs> know. You got some Jim Beam. You have some Hornitas tequila. You can get yourself a ranch water. They have ranch water in Austin. I believe we can find it's some. It's probably made with Tito's. We'll find it. We'll it's make, that's a good recruiter Tito's. right there, right? Hey, we'll, don't, don't say no. Say no, we'll make it work. We'll, we'll make it work, no yeah, doubt about it. There you go. <laughs> Rodney Terry, head coach of the Texas Longhorns. Coming up next, we're going to have Greg Waddell on here, and we're going to watch him squirm as we talk about what's going wrong with his Michigan Wolverines. Today's episode of the Field of 68 After Dark is presented by our partners over at Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play college basketball pick'em, where you can win real cash prizes simply by picking player stats in this weekend's Final Four games. In pick'em, all you do is pick whether a player will go higher or lower on Underdog's projected totals, whether it's points or rebounds or assists or all of them combined. If you're like me and you think Adama Sanogo is going to go nuts this weekend, Pick higher on his points projection. Pick higher on his rebounds projection. Maybe throw in a lower on Matt Bradley's scoring totals. A higher on Isaiah Wong. Whatever it is that you like. Put them all together. And if you hit them all, then you can win as much as 20 times your money on a single game. Underdog Slick Mobile app is easy enough that dummies like Jeff Goodman have even figured out how to use it. So go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and use the code FIELD, that's F-I-E-L-D, to get a 100% deposit match up to $100. You guys ever get tired of trying to prove that you won an argument? That your takes weren't hot? They were just right? Well, I have an answer to all of your problems. Vaulted is a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts. You can store all of your predictions and hot takes in your own vault now and forever. Challenge your friends, keep track of the results, and prove that you are, in fact, the smartest one in the room. Vaulted is also releasing a final four competition called their last four pool. What amounts to a hot take challenge, it has a $5,000 prize pool. Who doesn't like free money? I like free money. So if you like free money like me, then go and download the Vaulted app at the link below. Sign up for your free three-month trial and store your predictions now and forever. It's the Field of 68 live from the Final Four. We are here at lovely McIntyre's in downtown Houston, Texas. Randolph Childress, Rob Doster, Carter Elliott. My name is Greg Waddell. Uh, gentlemen, what a day. What a day. Rodney Terry Ready from Texas was here. We're going to have plenty of other special guests rolling through the show throughout the rest of the afternoon. We've got about 30 minutes left in our show right now. We're doing two hours again later tonight, 5 p.m. Central Time? 7 yeah. p.m. Central Time? Greg, I'm going to have to stop you. I'm throwing a curveball. Oh, you guys ready for this? Okay. Oh, nope. Throwing a curveball. Throwing a curveball. Let me throwing a curveball. Okay. In about an hour, we have the women's national title game. Every one of you knows who Kate... 
Caitlin Clark is because everybody knows who Caitlin Clark is. She's a legend. Underdog fantasy, I'm up. We made some money last night on Underdog, Carter. We made some money last night, okay? Have so you, if you had use, any losses in the last 48 hours? I don't lose. I don't lose. He's on fire right now. I don't lose. He's on fire right lose. now. Actually, my one loss is that this beer is empty right now. But that's a loss. Yeah, that's, that's a, a loss. Hell. Imagine having an empty drink. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> could not, right. be, could not be. Me. Underdog Fantasy promo code field gets you a 100% deposit match up to $100 with your first deposit. I made money last night taking a higher on Matt Bradley point totals. Caitlin Clark, they're playing LSU. Okay, again, tips off at about 2:30. I think I can't get my time zone straight. Her her numbers: 33.5 points. 6.5 boards, 8.5 assists, 5 three-pointers made, and 47.5 points plus rebounds plus assists. One, that's insane. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's insane. It's that ridiculous. Like that. It seems like a steal, honestly. That seems, that seems two, two, would you dare take any of those lowers, Carter? No. No. Not a chance. That's how bad it is. Not a chance. As insane as those numbers are, I'm still taking the and over. I think it's a little bit low, to be honest, but that seems like a steal. Can I ask you this? Because we were actually debating this during the Final Four game the other night at dinner. Who's the the male player that you would compare her game to? Because I've heard Curry comps. I've heard Trey Young comps. I've heard Luka Doncic comps. Like, she has such a control over every element I, of her team's performance. She shoots it better That's than insane. Luka, so. I Yeah, I've, but it's, I think the style that she plays is a little bit more Luka than Trey Young. Because I think Trey Young won, like, I, Trey Young's not a winning basketball player, okay? Caitlin Clark's in the national title game. Trey Young averaged 30 and 10. He got knocked out in the first round by Rhode Island. Fats Russell was tough. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I forgot that Trey Young played against Fats Russell. Like, that's, that's wild how, tough. how long these dudes last in college basketball. Anyway, Trey Young is not a winning basketball player. She's in the national title game, okay? Luka Doncic, I, like, to me, that's him. Right? I don't think it's quite Steph Curry, but, like, they shoot from the same – I don't know. What do you think? Because she's a better passer than, uh, than Steph is. I don't know if I'd say that. I, 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 she's better. I, I think Steph's a hell of a passer as well. I just don't think he plays your traditional point guard. But I don't like the comps of guys like that. I mean, he's an all-timer, but she's damn good, man. She's, I, I don't know she's if She's an all-timer, one. too. I, but Look so, at the numbers she's putting up, man. There's a difference between college all-timers and, like, that's, that's Curry, what I'm saying. Steph Curry. Like, I'm not going to compare a college athlete to Steph Curry yeah. is all I'm saying, male or female. That's but all I mean. That's why it comes back to the – So I don't know if there is a comparison to her is what I'm saying, collegially. That's why it comes I don't back to know if I've seen anybody collegially play like her, right. like follow, men follow, or women. Following her, it's going to be all – they're going to compare players like her to Caitlin Clark. Yes, she, yes, yes, yes. Numbers-wise, it was Trey, though. Like yes, numbers-wise, it's straight. Like, you can make you the argument, and I wouldn't argue games. against you, if, if you were to say the way she's playing right now, we haven't seen anybody in a college game, man or female, play that way. Male yeah. or female. I, you know who she is? Marquise Noel, baby. Oh, she's who? Marquise All Noel. Right. All right. Come on. That's Marquise so Noel. Well, that's no, actually, I'm not that's disrespecting actually just, her like that's that. That's actually just a tease to say that Jerome Tang's on the way. We're going to have Jerome Tang on here ah, later. The, but the Kate, Naismith's so, coach of the year. So, really named. so, Caitlin Clark, you're taking higher on 33 and a half points? Yes. Higher. Yeah. yeah. I'm taking higher on everything. She's going to give herself a yeah. chance. I'll tell you it's right now. National, I mean, she's going to have enough attempts to reach it. It's a national title game. She's going to It's Caitlin Clark. She's going to go for it. She's gonna put up those numbers. She's gonna win. She's the a gamer. The most fun way to she's a gamer. The most fun way to place that 
whatever it's called with underdog fantasy. Fantasy. Is the the points plus rebounds plus assists. Yes. Everything. 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 Just throw it all on. So there That's you go. Underdog fantasy promo code field. Gets you a hundred percent deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Some of us don't have to put that deposit in right now, guys. I'm just telling you. Some of us don't have to do that because we won last night. Shout out to Matt Bradley. Did you just mention that like five seconds ago? I did. Shout out to Adama hey, you know how you were throwing a curveball at us like five minutes ago? Yes. Can I throw a curveball at you? I love curveballs. Will you hold this microphone for me real quick? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Go Aztecs, baby. Listen, you, you've had too much fun. You've had too much success. In the last 48 hours, it's all. driving me insane. <laughs> the fake humility, the fake head down one more. We haven't done shit yet. Plan it all. It's all planted. Plan it's it all. all. Well, we're going to blow it in the second half. It's manufactured they and it's did. bullshit. So I'm here to say this, Rob Doster. The team that I have bet against every single game in this tournament, the team I have criticized the most is the San Diego State Aztecs. Go Aztecs, baby. They are the only thing that stands in your way, and that makes them a friend of me, Rob Doster. This is actually perfect. You know why? I think you may have just locked in a UConn win. You know why? Nobody has taken more L's on this trip than you. It's true. Hunter true. Dickinson. Very elite point. Kobe, Kobe Bufkin. Hey, he might as well, he's pushing his chips to the table now. Yeah. And guess what? You're going all in. He may be the one guy right now some of these UConn fans hate more than me. Oh, no, last night. no, they love it. They love it. They love it. It's the San Diego State fans that are mad at him right now. They're like, we don't want this loser associated with yeah, us. Yeah, the Aztecs normally, push you away. Normally, normally the only guy that we associate with being a mega loser is your partner in crime over there, Carter Elliott. Okay. Adversity makes us strong, okay? Blue Collar Podcast. He's, just, he's like, what the fuck? I'm just, I, my father taught me to never take anything from anyone who dresses like Rob Dobson. I let that be known right now. But I'm happy nice for play. you. That was a good move. No, that's okay. a nice, that's a nice jersey, though. Do not Thank dap you. him up good. either. Quite huh? I saw you going for the dap with Greg. Do I was, not Greg. Oh, yeah, I'm not, of course not. Do not dap that man up. No. Let no. that be known. No. All right. I'm afraid of you, genuinely. I'm afraid of you right now. You Things should, have gone too well for you. You should be. The only thing I'm afraid of is the offseason. Yeah. If UConn wins the Natty, to have to deal with Rob, not even just the offseason, even the start of next year. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, my hey, hey, God. RC, the worst part about it is, oh, my God. Last night. They're a blue blood if they win this. You oh. know, it's funny. I was, I'm, if, I'm, prepared, I'm prepared to say that. I, and I think later when we get are, into predictions, are, that's going to be, that's gonna be part of it. But oh, I was going to wait, might be one I was gonna wait until to tonight's show to kind of say when we get to predictions that I might have to come over to the dark side with that. But that's just to the fans of everybody else. I'm still not dealing with Rob shit. <laughs> um, but if they win it, I, this might put them up in there. Okay, I might have so to consider them that. Elaborate on that real quick. Why? Because well, I mean, we had a long conversation well, about this. I was, I was on, just going on over teams that have won championships and how many they have won. And when you Thanks. think about, you know, the Blue Bloods, they've won, what, what was, what was the number, the Greg, like four championships, something like that? UConn's in that This will be the fifth one, right? So this would be their fifth, correct? Yes, right? this would be five. This, this would be fifth. five. Yep. Them having four already puts them in that consideration for me with Blue Bloods. If they yep. get the fifth, I don't think there it's up for is. an argument. Yep. Hey, we're going to go to break really quickly. we got a really special guest coming up next. Jerome Tang is with us from the Field of 68 Live from the Final Four. You know what the best part about the end of the college basketball season is? That signifies the start of spring, 
the start of summer, the start of hot weather, the start of late nights, the start of weekends on the water, and the best way to stay refreshed during the summer months is with Hornitos Ranch Water, a premium sparkling cocktail with a balance of freshly squeezed lime paired with smooth tequila notes. Hornitos Tequila is a 100% agave premium tequila from the lowlands of Jalisco. It's specifically from the town of Tequila. Originated from one of the most historic distilleries, Hornitos paved the way for all future tequila brands, starting with the tequila name. An official partner of the Houston Astros, you can buy Hornitos Ranch Water in a can, or you can come to Houston's best sports bar, Little Woodrow's in Edo, and get a fresh, handmade cocktail with Hornitos Tequila. There is nothing better on a warm spring day than Hornitos Ranch Water and a Houston Astros baseball game. Off. It's the field of 68 live from the Final Four here in Houston, Texas at McIntyre's. And as you can see, we are now joined by the great Jerome Tang, Kansas State head coach and Naismith coach of the year as of what, 20 minutes ago? Yeah, about, about 20 years. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. I was there standing on a stage with Bobby Crimmins and the, uh, Roy Williams and Tubby Smith. Like, how... how crazy that yeah uh, the it's 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 wild to me still that that in your first year at kansas state you went and you had this kind of a season were you when you got the job did you like because we talked in the offseason right and you knew that you had a team here and part of the reason I, I was i was bullish on you guys i was hyping you guys up because i knew you were all fired up about it but did you know you could be this three seed in the mix for big 12 titles making it to the elite did you know you had this group no, I did not when it started. You know, I thought we had a team that could get to the NCAA tournament. Obviously, once you're in there, yeah. anything can happen, right? And yeah. but they just they came together uh, quicker than expected. Um, Marquise and Keontae, you know, I, I thought they could be all conference guys. Mm -hmm. I didn't know they would have all American seasons, you know, and um, just the rest of the team, the way they came along, it was just 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 special, man. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about Keontae because not a lot of people had the guts to go that far. Once he got cleared, a lot of people were scared off. What was it about him and, more importantly, about you that thought that, hey, I wanted to reach out and give this young man a chance yeah. that you believed in him? Well, I knew he was serious about basketball, right, to give up the insurance policy that he was going to give up. And so I knew he loved the game. And then the same doctors that he worked with, we had worked with at Baylor with three other guys. And so I've helped other players get back in shape and go through this process. And so I haven't been through it before. I felt comfortable because of what uh, his doctors were telling me. And I felt like we had stuff in place to um, be able to monitor him and all the things that he needed. But you know, Randolph was crazy is that uh, African-American male are more susceptible yes. to cardiac yes. arrest than any other demographic in the world. And, uh, and it, most, most of the time, like, uh, well, actually all the time, they don't have a fail-safe in place. Right. You know, like, uh, and whereas Keontae did. So his, if something was to happen, he, was more, he was, had a smaller percentage of something going wrong than our, the regular players that gotcha. we have. And so my thing was I had to make our whole staff, make our whole team uh, 
all the medical people aware of it because we had more guys on the floor that did not have the protection that Keontae had. When because you had to convince administration, too, as well, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, that goes for you to say, hey, I want this guy. I mean, there's, yeah. a, there's, a, food, there's a chain of command that, that goes through to convince everybody that, hey, this young man is going to be okay. Yeah, and once our doctors were aware of everything, like just the risk that every one of our athletes All of us. take. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. then they, they felt comfortable. Good. When you're, when you're coaching a guy that's gone through that, right? Like one of the things about coaching, you try to push people past their limit, right? Yes. Push them past the point of exhaustion. Push them uh, to try to be their best selves. Um, when you're dealing with a guy that's had that, that heart issue, it takes a while. Like that's, that can't be the easiest thing to do when you know he's had that happen. And you say, no, oh, you can do more. Yeah. If he's like, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, so how do you... You've had experience with that, so how do you how do you yeah. kind of balance those two things? You know, the first time I had to go through it, I was so concerned that every time someone breathed, the young man breathed heavy, it was mm -hmm. a heart thing. And but uh, having gone through it a few times, they, it was great to be able to educate Keontae with the difference between what is lungs, what is legs, and what's heart. What is mind? Yeah, and then we we were able to show him had other other guys wear heart monitors so he could see their heart rate as compared to his to see where he was at and what was a you could push a little harder and what was okay now hey we're going to shut you down here mm -hmm. and so having the expertise in that aspect of dealing with it um and then having the information the data to show him was able to give him comfort in that he could push himself all right so now that we've talked about the important stuff let's talk about basketball stuff now, I'm going to ask you a question here. I know you've been asked it before, but I need you to be honest. Because no matter what you say, <laughs> I believe what I believe. Okay? I believe what I believe. The alley-oop. That, that, that was a call. That, that, was, that was set up, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going with Marquise Noel's answer. <laughs> right? Uh, Mar Marquise Noel said, like, hey, we're not going to tell anybody because that'll give it away. Uh, I'm going to tell you it was two players making a play. And just like the end of the Kansas game, when you asked me about that, yeah. there was multiple options in what we were mm -hmm. going to do, and that was two players making the play on. You know what else Marquis said, though, is he, he turned to Isaiah Thomas and said, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't give away a little bit what was going on there. I mean, just saying. I'm just saying. Well, I, I, I had no clue that he did that. <laughs> that was a part of the script. Yeah, okay. that was a part of the script. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I felt, though, I had taken this emotional roller coaster ride. You had two people on your staff and one player. Kevin Sutton is a coach and, and Ishmael Masood is a player. So I felt like I rode this roller coaster ride with you guys all year long and Thank you for a hell of a ride. You're so deserving of the National Coach of the Year Award, and you guys came from out of nowhere to be among the best teams in the country. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Question to you I have, what does this team look like going forward? How impactful will it be from transfer portal philosophy-wise or will it be high school freshman? Like, How do you plan on building Kansas State? Well, we, we want to be playing this weekend next year. Right? That's just going to be the approach we'll take every year. Um, you can't. I don't know that you can do that if you have five freshmen out on the floor playing right. a bunch of minutes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so we're, we're going to hit the transfer portal very hard. And uh, I'm, I'm, I want to find two guards that have played 90 games about college basketball that are passionate about getting better and, and you know, they want to win. And, you know, we got a – this year I had we had the sub offense for defense at the, the five yeah. spot. Yeah. You know, and play some guys who really could be more four wings at the five spot. And uh, I want to change that next year and get somebody who can, like, command the middle and – but is versatile enough to grab a, off, a rebound and start a break and can stretch the floor, do some dribble handoffs, be a lob threat. You know, that I, I want a guy like that. And uh, with Naquan Tomlin, you know, he's going to, you know, see what the NBA says and then make a decision. He comes back. I think he could have an All-American type year yeah. for us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're, we're excited about the future. Got three great freshmen coming in. I just don't want to put the weight of the world on their shoulders. Right. and. And, well, like I said, hopefully next year I can't do this interview with you. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, I got to ask you one thing RC and I have talked about for years. Sometimes we can overanalyze every little thing, X's and O's, that happens in a game. But sometimes it's just about who has more dudes. Yeah. And you alluded to that after your win against Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. Can you speak to what that meant in the moment when you said that and your general philosophy on that? Yeah, you know, um, as coaches, uh, we draw up these great plays, right? Tell them, coach. And uh, tell them, coach. But, but on, when we draw those up, those O's, we think all those O's have to be guarded. Mm-hmm. And like, if those O's don't have to be guarded, then those X's have to, right? You got to have some dudes. Like everybody else knows what you're doing too, and mm-hmm. players just got to go make plays. I don't know if coach drew up the you're gonna cross over. Uh, Jamal Williams, he gonna fall down. We gonna look at him with your fingers and say, "Come here, bro," yeah. and then drill the three. I don't yeah. know if Coach ever drilled yeah. that up. That, yeah, was, that, that wasn't might, in the playbook. That might not have ever been in an individual workout yeah, either. That wasn't right? In that was a player making a play. Yeah. Right? And that's I think as coaches, we got to give our guys freedom. Right? Put them in space so that players can make plays. So my goal is to get, you know, four weapons, guys who can score. 20 or more points in a game, not every night, but on any given night, and then put them out there and give them the opportunity. And, uh, I mean, we won a national championship at Baylor because we had three guys who could get 30 on any night. Right. Right? And, and that's, that's, that's the goal. So when you, when you bring in a guy like Marquise Noel to the program, how do you balance the let him play, go have freedom, go, go be you with, like, okay, you're getting a little too crazy right now, Mark. Like you, like you, you need to let's rein it in a little bit. Like how do how do you balance that? Like keep it within the system, but also go be you. Man, that's such a great question. And uh, when we first started, I probably was on the side of see the game the way I see the game, and then uh, it was a it was a, a pastor preached the message, 
And God spoke to my heart about Marquise Noel and how I was treating him and how I was viewing him. I wasn't viewing him as my, like, I mean, the, the word was that Marquise Noel was my arrow and I was going to win with him. And he's the dude I need to shoot. And I called him in my office and I apologized to him because I was looking at every, all the other point guards I'd coached. Mm -hmm. Right, and and he wasn't all that. He was my arrow, and I told him we're gonna win with him, and I wanted him to go play his game. But what was gonna happen is I was gonna spend more time trying to see the game the way he saw the game, right, and less time trying to get him to see the game the way I saw the game, and then come to that compromise of because all I need him to do is take care of the ball, right. You can do what you want, but just don't turn the thing over. And he really bought into that. And uh, I told our staff, take your hands off. I don't want to hear nothing about shot selection, <laughs> uh, none of that. And we're going to let this young fella play. He was our arrow. And, man, he just blossomed in it. Hey, RC, how, how many shots would you have taken if your coach was like, I don't, I'm not worried about shot selection? Imagine him do that. I'm laughing because it is relatable in that. When you have that re relationship, that's what I grew up playing with, a coach that gave me confidence to say, now you dials you back because with, the expect, with that long leash comes a level of expectations. Mm -hmm. You set the parameters and you allow him to play with that. And it's funny because I called Sutton while I was here and we talked about that. Because I asked him, I said, how does, as a staff, and this is more, I ask you this, as a coach, when you do that and you, you win with that, and then sometimes you lose with that. And you got to be okay with that. And obviously, you're okay with that. And I thought of, because, again, I, I put myself in Marquis' situation. And I thought, okay, he's strong enough, and you're okay with going this far. And then did you, do you wonder now, like, hey, do I do a better job of maybe dialing him in those last few minutes? He played an unbelievable game. But, you know, people can nitpick and say, oh, maybe they can run more sets or maybe run this extra isolation place. Like, do you look back at the last – couple minutes of possessions of a game like that and say, oh, you just okay with where it ends? Well, obviously, we go back and analyze everything. Right. And there was a stretch there where we caused four turnovers and we didn't capitalize, uh, capitalize on it. And we probably need to make simple plays in those situations, right? But the same between the leg pass that he threw to Naquan Tomlin that ended up being a turnover, right? Quan bobbles it, yes. they don't get it finished was the same one he threw to Keontae against Yes, it can't be good when it's good and then bad when it's right. bad. Right, so you guys, but I'll tell you this, um, if, uh, if Keontae Johnson is on the floor for more than 18 minutes, right, then there's a different outcome. So it's not necessarily what we were doing, it's who he was doing Who's it with, with it? right? And like, I mean, they, you know, Lord Atlantic played great defense, man, because my man had two fouls early in the first half, and then, they had, then he had five fouls, you know, with like eight to go, you know. You're not bitter about that at all. When though. he was able to play, we went from down six to up five. I, I want to ask you something serious. As a being a blackhead coach in your journey, there's so many people. Your journey is different. Like, we just had Rodney here. He was a head coach at previous stops. Yes. For you to wait as long as you did and then to have this type of success, what does that mean and how important is that journey for a black head coach? Is it for you? Well, I hope that uh, I make it easier for the next Jerome Tang, that he can get it a little sooner, right? But I don't regret my journey at all because 
I, I had to get to a point in my life where being a head coach, the title, uh, that, that wasn't the thing that defined me, that, that who I was as a man defined me and my relationship with God, how I love my wife and raise my children, you know, that I didn't need that title. And when I was able to set that aside and say, God, whatever it is you have for me, I will do, then it allowed me to realize that this coaching thing, it's not about the X's and O's and stuff. We manage people, right? We manage people and, and try to put people in a situation for them to live their best life. And when, I, when my mindset changed from me trying, to, me trying to get good and get the job to me helping others get the job or me helping others grow in their, mm-hmm. their, their, their journey in this basketball thing, you know, it just made me a, a better prepared for what I do right now and why we've had success this year. Have you finished the movie room in your house yet? Huh? Have you finished the movie theater in your house yet? Yeah, the movie mm-hmm. theater is done. I have to learn how to operate it. But, but, <laughs> but, but the movie theater is done. All right, so here's my proposal. Next year, we come out again for a Field of 68 live show, and then we have a screening. because You guys got to see this movie theater he's got. Tell him how big the screen is. <laughs> it's like 120 inches. Yeah. It might be bigger than that. Now. Wow. About as big as this wow. up here, right? Yeah, as as yeah, it, it's like that. Well, listen, Jerome... <laughs> Wait, 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 I got one more. Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lil Baby, Lowdown. Where did the love for that song come from? How did the movement with the clap and all that, where did it come from? <laughs> all right. So from the start of the year, the guys pick a song, right? Like, and we clap. So the very first time we done, remember, this is the first time I've ever stood at the front of the room before a game, and the first time they've ever seen me stand at the front of the room before a game. So I tell, hey, what song? Pick a song. I don't even know what the song was, right? And so we started clap. And then, you know, as they, they figure out as, okay, so this is what we're gonna do. This is what coach is about. So then they started picking different songs. Well, that one kind of hit. I like the beat. I didn't know who sung <laughs> I didn't know the name, didn't know anything about it, right? <laughs> and so we've been doing this for a while. And my six weeks ago, I asked my son, his name is Seven. I said, Seven, who's little baby? And he's like, daddy. And so he breaks it down to me, right? So then, lo and behold, this is six weeks later, my son, he comes to me, he says, Daddy, everybody on campus thinks you're so cool because you know little baby. <laughs> I'm almost tempted to tell him. You don't have no idea So really, all I do is they pick the song. I look at Naquan Tomlin. He gets me on beat. Once I get on beat, then I just mm. hit him with the hitch. Yeah. Right. You get him with the two-step. Yeah, you just yeah, go right, right to the two-step. Right my feet never move. My upper body moves a little bit. I can't that. That's all it is. Man. It was incredible, man. I had so much fun watching your team, but I had so much fun watching those videos throughout your run as well. I congratulate you on a phenomenal season. The Naismith Coach of the Year, Kansas State Head Coach Jerome Tang. Thank you so much for being here with us. And we're going to go to break. Coming up next... We're going to give some predictions for the big game tomorrow. That's next on the Field of 68 from the Final Four. (laughs) Today's episode of the Field of 68 After Dark is presented by our partners over at Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play college basketball pick'em, where you can win real cash prizes simply by picking player stats in this weekend's Final Four games. And pick'em, all you do is pick whether a player will go higher or lower on Underdog's projected totals whether it's points or rebounds or assists or all of them combined if you're like me and you think Adama Sanogo is going to go nuts this weekend pick higher on his points projection pick higher on his rebounds projection maybe throw in a lower on Matt Bradley's scoring totals a higher on Isaiah Wong whatever it is that you like put them all together and if you hit them all then you can win as much as 20 times your money on a single 
game. Underdog's slick mobile app is easy enough that dummies like Jeff Goodman have even figured out how to use it. So go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and use the code FIELD, that's F-I-E-L-D, to get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Welcome back. It's the Field of 68 live from the Final Four. What a jam-packed show we have had. Texas head coach Rodney Terry was here. Kansas State head coach Jerome Tang was here. The legend Randolph Childress is here. The legend Carter Elliott is here. I'm Greg Waddell, and we have this guy as well. Uh, anyways, Look, we're going to do a lot of breakdowns tonight on X's and O's. We okay? just did it. Anyways, <laughs> we're gonna, we got lost. We're going to go in-depth tonight on what this matchup really is. We're going to tell you where the advantages may lie for UConn, what San Diego State needs to do to win and to cut down the nets. But I want to get into that just slightly. I want to wade into that to end this show before we come back to it tonight in-depth for our larger show. So, RC, after having one night to sleep on this and a couple hours here at this show, what is your initial prediction for the game tomorrow? I think it'll be closer than everyone expects, I, only because I think this team physically can match up with the physicality of, of UConn. I think UConn will win it, but I don't think it'll be the landslide. I hear people say 13, 14. I think this will be the first game that UConn has played in the tournament. That's a single-digit win that they're going to have to play their best basketball at the end. Have they played all year long? They're going to have to play a compliment, a good 40-minute game if they want to win this game tomorrow. I, you know what I hate to say, and I hate to bring it up, but how the game's going to be officiated tomorrow is going to be huge on the outcome of the game because it's two physical teams. There's going to be touch fouls. They could call and they might not. But because of the, phys the physicality of the game, I think the refs are really going to have an effect on it. But I agree with RC. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Everyone's been counting San Diego State out this whole tournament, and they're counted out on Monday as well, if we're being honest. So I think at a certain point, it's a national championship game. You've got to stop counting this team out. They're going to battle. So it's going to be close, I think. I think it's going to come down to the pace. It's going to come down to how, uh, whether or not San Diego State can kind of control the tempo of the game, right? If this becomes an up-and-down you know, 75 possession game that's played in the, the high 70s or the 80s, I don't think San Diego State can play with UConn at that tempo. And I think that UConn, frankly, can be can run on them there, right? They can get those defensive rebounds. Andre Jackson, the grab and goes, hit people in transition, finding those open threes, because San Diego State will go to the offensive glass. If UConn can get out and run, if they can make it a game that's played like this, I don't think San Diego State can run with them. If San Diego State can turn it into a 65 possession, a slugfest. UConn's got to go up against, like, play half-court offense. They got to run their sets. They got to try to score. Like, if it's in the 60s, I think San Diego State's got a real, a real I, good chance at making this thing close. I, and what I, did you say the other day? UConn has not played close games. Right. And when they have played co close games, they have not been as successful. Right. So if you make it close, I think you got a chance. And I think San Diego State can make but it But I close. think they have, one thing we talked about before, they have depth. They don't just have physicality, they have depth. And one thing I will say, I'm not pushing back or disagreeing with what you're saying, because traditionally that's their style defensively. But they've played teams in their league that they've beat. Like Utah State is one of the better offensive teams in the league, perimeter-oriented, that they've beaten three times. They showed us again at FAU. They scored a little bit more, changed their defense a little bit, the ability to switch five when they need it. Guard play physical enough to pin. There's no guard is defending Sonogo inside. No one's doing that. But this team, 
matches up better than any team in the tournament that UConn has played. And again, I'm, I'm picking UConn to win it, but I, I think this San Diego State is right here. You're picking them now, and then as soon as UConn yeah, fans show up, nah, yeah. I'm going to give a shit. I'm going to give a shit if the UConn fans start breaking up. Getting them a back about it. RC, <laughs> you you mean to tell me the number one defense in the country is a worse matchup for UConn than a bunch of horrible defenses that they've played in this tournament? <laughs> really? No, I had it's no not, idea. but it's not just that. Because the one thing I'll say <laughs> is I thought this way about Houston. Because of the conference that they was in, yeah. I throw the analytics out now. You know, this team matches up because they got size. They got multiple bigs. They have fouls to throw inside. They have a one-two punch at the five spot too. Who else has UConn played has that type of depth to do that? They can come in with Liday, Lady that can impact the game. Who was their go-to guy last night? How like, do you think that's going to work with this matchup? Because for me, Gold, Golden's a lot more plotting than he was what at a physical. Was Sonoma, he right? was at a physical disadvantage. Lady isn't. Lady isn't. A, he's a skilled, physically strong guy that could come in and impact this game, similar to the way Clinging does. Yes. Those guys play 10 to 15 minutes and impact the game at a high level. You saw him match that last night. Yeah. So those are the little matchups that we're talking about that makes this game so critical. But they defend and they, they do have a level of physicality that, again, I, I, we've been joking. Did I pick Miami? I thought Miami could play better. They didn't. Credit to UConn. But this team physically matches up better than any team I think that they play so that can score some. The, I think the biggest issue that San Diego State is going to run into um, is Nathan Mensah and what they do with him. Because since UConn kind of figured this thing out with Andre Jackson, the way that they have been able to, to beat, or the, the way that they have been beaten is what Marquette did, where they basically went small, right? They put five shooters on the floor. They forced UConn to go to a 2-3 zone because UConn could not take advantage offensively because of the ball pressure. You get out, you pressure them, you make them run offense 40 feet away from the basket. And that's their standard. You don't, you don't let them get the ball into Sonogo with no seals, and then you spread UConn out and create the mismatches on the other end of the floor. That's how Marquette beat them in the Big East Tournament semifinals. And I don't think San Diego State can do that offensively. Ladee, as good as he is, that dude can't shoot. If he's shooting 12-foot jump shots, that's what you want as a defense. He can't shoot. Nathan Mensah, not a shooter. If he's shooting jump shots, that's what you want. You want that possession. So my question is... Carter, what is what can San Diego State do offensively to be able to like negate that? Because if you look at what UConn's done, they held Miami to their worst offensive performance of the season. They held Gonzaga to their worst offensive performance of the season. They held Arkansas to one of their worst offensive performances of the season. We can talk about what we want offensively. Right now, where this team is rolling is on the defensive end. See, but all those teams that you just mentioned are, aren't teams that strike me as they're physical at the rim. The one thing about San Diego State's guards is that when they go to the rim, Matt Bradley, when he goes to the hole, He's going strong. The Miami guards weren't going as strong as I thought they needed to last night, and that's why Klingon and Sonogo were able to affect the game. Now, they are, you know, big physical presence that can affect at the rim, but the way that San Diego State's guards can go to the rim, they're bigger guards. Like, Matt Bradley's shaped like a linebacker. Like, he's not going to go <laughs> soft into the hole. So, like, I think they had... Honestly, it, 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 it looks like it looks like Brian Dutcher just went to the San Diego State football team <laughs> and recruited all like the walk-on defensive ends. Like, he went for tight ends and safety. You ain't playing he, there? Come on. He got some tight ends and safety. Like, put, Yo, this like, this the, is your backup safety right machine. here? Put the gun machine away. We're going to go get you in the weight room. Get on the yeah. squat rack. That's all we need. <laughs> I, I, I need physicality. I need muscles. But I'm saying this team physically is not going to be intimidated in the paint at the rim that goes for both ends it's not just defensive offensively i think they're going to be able to play strong inside 
And, of course, UConn can match it, but I don't think a team up until this point has necessarily tried to match them physically. And I think San Diego State can do that. Yeah. I said last night before the game, when I picked Florida Atlantic with you, RC, I said two things scared me about San Diego State. One, I didn't think they could win a game where their opponent was making shots. I just didn't. All tournament long, that's why they were winning games. Nobody could get going from three. Last night, Florida Atlantic, six threes in the first half. Couple in that flurry to start the second half. They still found a way to survive it. Two, I said if they got down 10 at any point, it was wraps. So I didn't think the way San Diego State plays indicated they had any chance that they could come back and speed up tempo a little bit and just get enough stops consistently. Now last night, to your point, we talked about a little bit last night, the way the game was officiated, I think did open the door for them to claw back. They didn't have to do it in a run in four minutes. They were able to do it over a 10 minute stretch. It was still impressive, but the fact that they did that in those two things, those two boxes were checked and they still got a win against Florida Atlanta gives me a lot more confidence that they can hang against UConn than I would have said before last night. I, well, you said you talk about the comeback. It's not the first time they come back. They came back in the game either. No, they were down by like twelve against Alabama, right? Yep. In the second half, they came back and won but that game. But the difference there, though, is that Alabama does some incredibly stupid things on a basketball. Court. <laughs> it just is like the way Be they nice, play. Well, it goes back to what my point was. We'll be talking to Coach Tang earlier. Sometimes when the same, it's almost like saying the same thing that makes you laugh make you cry. Yeah. So when you do things that help you go up. Sometimes taking quick shots, taking quote-unquote bad shots yeah. are things that get you in trouble, and it does against really good defensive teams like that. I'll push back a little bit on the officiating because we're going into a game where is that officiating mattered in the FAU-San Diego State game because it's like, hey, if you're not going to call it and let it be physical, it favors San Diego State. Miami, UConn, if you're going to let it be a physical mismatch or matchup, that favors UConn. This is a game, either way, it doesn't matter. You want to, both teams go nine deep. It doesn't matter. If you want to call it tight, they force to use their bench, they use it anyway. If you don't and you want to let them play, there's not a physical advantage one way or the other the way it was in the semifinals. That's why I think this game is just, it, it's more evenly matched physically. You know, the only advantage I knock, I say UConn has, is the most explosive guy on the floor can be Hawkins. Does he get going? If he doesn't, I think they can defend some of the other guys. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's what I keep coming back to on this, right, is San Diego State can can out-tuffle. Yes. UConn is as tough as anybody. San Diego State can out-tuffle. They're right there. The skill level, I think, is drastically different. I think UConn is significantly more skilled and more talented than the San Diego State Where, team though? Is. Where would you say it? You, you take away the explosiveness everywhere. of <laughs> I mean, Every, well, RC. If you're if you're picking players for your team, yeah, like I I'm, think I'm I'm probably picking. I mean, I'm it's it's a snap decision. I'm probably picking five UConn players before yeah, I pick honestly. Before and I, I say and I say because we've seen more of them than we've seen of San Diego State and off the, off of what we've seen here and in this tournament run. Because of the style that they play, you're not gonna get. All right, let me let me ask. We've for, let me first seen a lot like of this. San Diego State. I'm a Who on San Diego State would get into UConn's starting lineup? I think Matt Bradley would. Matt Bradley would play. Yeah. Would start. Would start, would start over. Yeah. Over who? You can, outside, you can pick. Outside, you can move guys around. Outside of Hawkins, he can start for you at anywhere you want him to start. He's, he's very clearly a top five player in this game. 
Okay. He would start for you. You could, you could probably make an argument for Tramiel starting over Newton, too. You could make an argument. Over Tristan Newton? You could make an argument. Hey, you're going to clip that and send that to Tristan, right? Yeah. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, line with that. I got well, UConn there's, on there's no doubt in my mind the UConn staff is watching this right now. Someone there, what's up, guys? How we doing? Someone <laughs> Shout out to my it. man, Kamani Young. I'm cheering hey, for you. To hey, I'm yeah. cheering. Hey, <laughs> I, back, I back Dan Hurley when I say Kamani and Luke should both have head coaching jobs. But I'm going to say I'm not complaining that they're on this staff still. I'm happy for him for personal reasons. That. I'm cheering for him. <laughs> Even when I pick, I have ties to UConn. I, I, as you know, I've said that to you. Even when I pick them to win. I mean to lose. So, um, but you know what, RC's just yeah. You know, I respect what you're doing. I respect what you're doing. I respect what you're doing. Screw this. Go Aztecs. We cannot have <laughs> UConn win. We cannot have them waltz to the national championship. We cannot let this man be happy. It will no ruin way. my life. He's a, he, he is insufferable to be around if they freaking win this thing. He's the reason why I, I go against him. He is. It's fair. It's not the fans out here. It's him. They just don't understand. I'm they telling you, I may submit it. my papers. I'm going to go home tonight. I'm going to type up my email. And if UConn wins, I'm going to take about two weeks off and decide if I'm going to send my oh, resume. I, I don't need an email. I need the iPhone notes app. I need to <laughs> and just post it on Twitter. Right, 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 right. And just post it on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to do everything in my power to get everybody on this network in San Diego State jerseys for tonight's show. <laughs> Back here at McIntyre's, live from Houston, Texas. As you can see behind us, it is heating up. This was a great two hours for Randolph Childress, for Rob Doster, Carter Elliott, Trevor Valise, Dagan Hughes behind the scenes. John Fanta, Terrence Oglesby, Jerome Tang, Rodney Terry. My name is Greg Waddell. We'll see you tonight again here at 5 p.m. Central Time at McIntyre's.